Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. And we're going to be in uh, chapter 11, John 11. And I'm going to read portions of a very familiar story to you in... in, uh, And I'm excited about the word of the Lord that God's given me to share with you today. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. If you like, you can follow on the overhead behind me. I too want to welcome our first-time guests. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the Lord bless you richly while you're here with us. Amen. So John chapter 11, verse 33. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And Jesus said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb it was a cave and a stone lay against it and he said take away the stone and Martha the sister of him who was dead said to him Lord by this time there is a stench there is a strong smell for he has been dead for four days The Lord said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Call him, call him, call him forth, Lazarus. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Just stretch forth your hands towards me right now, if you will. Just join with me in this moment of prayer. As we sanctify this time to the Lord, God, we sanctify this time to you right now. This time, God, of sharing your word, of of hearing from heaven, Lord God. This time of allowing your Holy Spirit to move in our midst and, and, and make the word of the living God become living word, a living word to us. God, I pray that, that this word would, 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 would stir us and would, 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 would God draw us closer to you, God, and help us to live a life that pleases you in every aspect. You are an amazing God. You are an amazing God. You are an amazing God. 
and we worship you because you're God of the living. You're God over the dead, and we worship you today. We praise you. We thank you for being the God that you are. Now, Holy Spirit, fill this place with the glory of God Almighty. That your people will be blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, let's come on. Let's bless the Lord this morning. I tell you, God is up to something. God is up to something, church. Get ready. Get ready for what God is up to. I'm telling you, you better get yourself ready. You better get your mind together. God is up to something that is stirring in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. That the stirring, that the moving of the Spirit of the living God. He is here. And He's here for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. You better sit down. I can't preach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to welcome our online viewers today. Thank you for joining us today. I pray you sense where you are, what we sense in this room. God is here. Amen. Well, this past Tuesday, while out for my morning walk, I heard the Lord say, from prayer to praise. From prayer to to praise. I knew immediately that God was saying, tell my people to give me thanks right now for the things they're praying for. So today I'm going to step outside of the series we've been doing for the book of Ephesians and speak a word to you that is perhaps, please hear me, as timely as any word I've ever preached. A word to encourage you to move from just praying for the things you need from God to also praising him for his promise to give you what you're praying for. Today's message is entitled, Turning Your Prayer into Praise. Turning your prayer into praise. From inception, every prayer you offer to God should be accompanied by words of praise. In other words, don't wait until you see the manifestation of what you're praying for to thank God for the answer. But praise the one who was promised even as you're praying because God is faithful to do what he said he would do. Listen, prayer is essential. It is an important form of communication with God. And every prayer should be based on what God has promised. Do you hear me? Every prayer should be based on what God has already promised. 
You see, salvation is a promise. Even praying for people that are lost, you're praying according to the promises of God. Healing is a promise. If you're praying for healing, you're praying according to the promises of God. Your needs being met is a promise. Peace of mind is a promise. A healthy marriage is a promise. Do you hear me? Knowing God and drawing closer to him is a promise. You being able to live out your God-given purpose is a promise. And every prayer you pray should be based on what God has promised and every believer should pray. Huh? Every prayer you pray should be based on what God has promised you and every believer should pray. Now, so that no one misunderstand what I'm saying in this message, I want to share these very important scriptures with you about prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Luke 18.1, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. In Colossians 4.2, Paul says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Do you see that? Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. I love the way Paul, in that one verse, moves us from the place of prayer to the place of praise. He moves us from the place of prayer to the place of giving God thanks for what we have just prayed for. The answer of the question that we must answer is not how long do we pray? For we see in these verses that we are to pray always. We're to pray without ceasing. So the question is, when do we move from the place of praying with a hope-filled faith to praying as if we've already received what we're praying for? When do we move? When do you move? from that place of praying with a hope-filled faith. God, I believe. To that place of praying as if you've already received what you prayed for. God, I thank you that you already answered my prayer. I may not sin in the natural, God, but I give you thanks. You got to go from here to here, church. 
At what point along whatever path of prayer you're on, do your prayers become transcendent? Where they surpass the ordinary and become extraordinary. Where they become exceptional, supernatural, beyond or above the range of mere physical existence. At what point? Also, please hear me. I'm not talking about a name and claim it type of prayer. But a challenge to you to pray with such faith and live with such thanks that your prayers cross over to the place where that which exists in the realm of the spirit becomes as real to you as if it has already manifested in the physical. I'm talking about having such a praise-filled prayer life. Say that with me. Praise-filled prayer life. Not just praying. But having a praise-filled prayer life. That your prayers morph from prayers of believing to prayers of receiving. To prayers of having already attained what God promised. I'm talking about you thanking God for what you're praying for as if he's already answered it. So when and where? Along the path of prayer. Do we move from prayer to praise? May I submit to you this morning that prayer and praise can and should coexist. They should coexist. And you should not wait to see your prayers answered before you give God thanks for answering them. Listen to what Gabriel said to Daniel in Daniel 10, verses 12 and 13. Gabriel said, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. He said, I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, listen to what the, what, the, what the archangel Gabriel said. He said, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And may I add, I left him there to fight that demon's force, and I have come to give you your answer. Do you see what Gabriel said to Daniel? Let me translate it for you. Let me interpret it for you, in case some of you missed it. He said, Daniel, from the very first day, you began to pray. I was sent with the answer. 
from the very first day that you decided to humble yourself and pray, I was sent with the answer. But the angel Gabriel encountered opposition in the spirit realm. The spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood him to keep God's answer from getting to Daniel. So Gabriel called for backup. Prayers that God honors are answered immediately. Though they may be delayed because of spiritual conflict. That is why we're told to pray without ceasing. You don't give up. You see, you can't see what's happening in the spirit realm. But there's a fight. There's a conflict that is taking place in the spirit realm. You pray. Your prayers empowers the angels of God to continue to fight and stand for you to get God's answer to you. God answers prayers immediately that he honors, though they may be be delayed. But we're to pray without ceasing. We're to pray always. We're to not give up because, listen, the answer is on the way. What was that line in that song, he's working? What was the line in that song? Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't see it, God is working. Your prayers and your praise should coexist. As you're praying for something, you should also be thanking God for the answer, knowing that it's on the way. Our part is to pray without ceasing, listen, and praise without doubting. Your part is to pray without ceasing and praise God without doubting. In today's story, Jesus had gotten word that his friend Lazarus was sick, and this was a sickness unto death. And Jesus did the unthinkable. Instead of him leaving immediately to to go and and, and heal Lazarus, he waited for two days before returning to Judea. Jesus not only knew Lazarus was extremely ill, he also knew that Lazarus was going to die. And when he finally arrived in the hometown of Lazarus, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And when one of his sisters, Martha, heard that Jesus was coming, she got up immediately and she went out to meet him. And she said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That is a strong statement of faith in the power of Jesus. But like so many, even so many statements of faith that we may make, that statement spoke about what God could have done instead of what God is about to do. When you speak about a situation, Do your words reflect what God could have done? 
are what God <laughs> is about to do. How often do we believe like Martha? We look at our situation and we think about what God could have done as if he is powerless to change what we see and know to be true of our current reality. We do not serve a could have, would have, should have God. But we serve a God who comes to change our situations regardless of the past. There are no missed opportunities for God who lives outside of time. He can come to you in the present, step back into your past, and undo whatever needs to change. That's the kind of God we serve. But we're often like Martha. Lord, have you been here? If you'd only been here. She said, my brother would not have died. She said, but even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now, those words sound like Martha believed that if Jesus asked God to raise Lazarus from the dead, he would do it. So Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And listen to what Martha says to him. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha appears to be stuck between believing for a miracle and accepting the realities of her situation. So Jesus offers these words to her. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, you do not have to wait until the last day to experience my life-giving power. I am is here right now standing before you. That is a word for someone here today. What prayers, what dreams have you pushed out into the future? What promises of God do you feel you have to wait for? Jesus wants you to know that he who controls the future, he who is the resurrection and the life, is with you right now. You should no longer just pray for what you hope and believe for, but you should also praise the one who is able to answer every prayer you have, even those prayers that you feel are still a ways off. If you would turn your prayer into praise, you're going to see the power of God like never before. Jesus said to Martha, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He was saying, Martha, do you believe that even now I can change your circumstances? Even now I can give life to he who is dead. Do you believe, Martha, that I have the power to raise your brother from the dead? Or do you believe that what has happened has forever sealed the future? What do you believe about your circumstances? 
What do you believe about your past? Do you believe that your past and what you're going through right now is just a reality you've got to live with? Or do you believe that the one who has all power, the one who is the life and the resurrection, can even step back into your past because he lives outside of time? He lives outside of time. He's in the past, present, and future all at the same time. Do you believe he can step back into that past, step back into that situation, and undo something that, 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 that has been done? Do you believe that? Do you believe, Martha, that I have the power to raise your brother from the dead? He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Do you believe this? Jesus asks. Will you today believe Jesus? And turn your prayers into praise. Will you pray, praise, and live like you know he is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe this? Is a question we all must answer. What do you believe about Jesus? I want that to Settle over you for a moment. What do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that he is greater than your circumstances? Do you believe you're destined to live with whatever this world and the, and, and the enemy of God throws your way? Story continues after conversing with Jesus. Martha goes and gets her sister Mary. And she says, the teacher has come and he's calling for you. When Mary came to Jesus, she fell down at his feet and she spoke the same words that Martha said to him. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. It's something in us, church, to reflect on what God could have, should have, would have done. Are you getting this? She too spoke about what God could have done, what he should have done, what he he would have done. Instead of speaking about the God who is able to do all things is here with me now. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Oh, you got to get this. He became angry, church. The word translated groan in the spirit means to snort with anger. I could see him standing outside the tomb. He began to groan. He began to snort with anger. He became indignant. That word means to side with chagrin, to sternly enjoin. 
When Jesus saw the pain and suffering caused by the death of Lazarus, he became troubled. He became angry, and he openly displayed his anger and annoyance at what he was seeing and what the people were experiencing. He was deeply irritated, greatly troubled. Jesus was so moved that he not only groaned in the spirit and was troubled, but verse 35 says, Jesus wept. He wept. He wept because he felt their pain. He was moved with compassion when he saw the weeping and wailing. Maybe Jesus empathized with their grief. Maybe he was troubled by their unbelief. In either case, he showed that he cares for us enough to weep with us in our sorrows. You got to know that whatever you're going through, your Lord and your Savior, he feels that deeply. And he's troubled. He's agitated by the works of darkness that wants to assail your life. Verse 38, then Jesus again groaned in himself. Do you get the picture of what is happening? First, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Then he wept. Then he groaned again. He was emotional. He was passionate. He then stands in front of the tomb and he tells them, take away the stone. Martha said, Lord, by by this time, there's a stench for he has been dead for four days. And to that, Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted his eyes to heaven. And he spoke these words in verses 41 and 42. He said, Father, I thank you. Mm. Oh, God, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people that are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Standing outside the tomb, of the dead man. Jesus did not pray for God to raise him from the dead. Instead, he thanked God. He praised God that he had heard his prayers. I thank you that you've heard me. 
When he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus did not pray, but he gave a command. Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came out bound hand and foot and Jesus gave the order, loose him and let him go. Standing outside the tomb, Jesus did not pray for the resurrection of Lazarus. But he thanked God for hearing what he'd already prayed. He praised God for raising Lazarus while Lazarus was yet in the tomb dead. Can you praise him over your dead situations? It is time, church, that we learn to praise God for answering our prayers before we see the answers. Do you believe? Do you believe? It's time to stand outside of that which is dead and get angry about what you see. It is time to groan in the spirit over the works of darkness that's coming against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to thank God for answering the prayers you've prayed. It's time you look your circumstances in the face and refuse to back down. Get angry, groan, cry if you need to. Become troubled over the evil that stands between you and God's promises. Become troubled over the evil that stands between your family and God's promises. Satan has demons assigned to fight against what you're believing for. But from the moment you put your faith in God and you pray, God released the answer to you. Now you must refuse to back down. You must refuse to give in. You must groan against the evil. You must pray without ceasing and praise God as if you already received what you're praying for. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Satan roars to frighten you, to make you run away, to make you bag down. He stands over your promises. He stands between you and the promises of God, and he roars to make you turn loose of what you're praying and believing for. Instead of running from the roar, stand your ground. Be steadfast in your prayers and begin to praise God for the answer even now. Resist the devil. Stand vigilant against him. He may be fighting against what you're praying for, but you cannot give up, church. Stand up to his roar. The day you began to pray, God released the answer. So do not grow weary in your waiting, but praise God now. 
I want to close by sharing a story with you about a man. A man named Benaya. This man, without one day taking a walk, it was a winter day and the snow was falling and he's out walking and suddenly he sees movement. Then he began to hear a growl. Benaya realized he had just crossed paths with a 500-pound, vicious, man-eating lion. And he had a choice to make. What am I going to do? Am I going to fight? Or am I going to run? The lion sees him, and the lion begins to walk towards him when suddenly the lion stops because Benet is not running away. He stands there fully confident that he was able to, to defeat that thing. There was no smell of fear coming from him. There was no timidity coming from him. But he stood his ground. Not only did he stand his ground, but look at what he did. 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which include killing two champions of Moab. And on another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and he killed it. What do you do when you hear the lion's roar? Will you run from the roar or will you run to the roar? I'm telling you, the greater one lives in you and you don't have to run away from the roar of the devil. He chased a lion into the pit and he killed it. Do we have any lion chasers here? Do we have any lion chasers here? I want to close by reading to you from this book by Mark Batterson, who's become one of my, my favorite authors. It's entitled, Chase the Lion. Listen to what Mark writes. He calls it, The Lion Chaser's Manifesto. Are you ready? Are you ready? Quit living as if the purpose of life 
is to arrive safely at death. Quit living as if the only purpose in your life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Okay. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past, but start creating your future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the main and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails. Listen, I love this. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Who do you want applauding for you? Man or Jesus? Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Chase the lion. And when he runs down into a pit, go in there with him. And grab him by the mane. And slit his stone. The same God who is with Benaiah is with you. He's with you. It is time to turn your prayers into praise. Because if you have prayed according to the word of God, he hurt you. And the Bible says, if he hears us, then we know we have those things we have prepared for. Amen. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.